to Ablaze Ministries International Podcast. We are the youth and young adults of Hope Church Brisbane. For more information about our ministries, weekly gatherings and activities, please visit our website at www.ablaze.org.au. And right now, get ready for an inspiring message and start living out your God-given potential today. Do you guys think that Liz can really preach? Do you guys think she can preach? I was asking her yesterday, can you just share something about, you know, what you shared last week? Come on, give them a hand too. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and then she was like, oh, I'm not sure I shared before, but I'm not sure because it's different at the service that you can do it. And she did it so well. Come on, give her a round of applause, guys. Excellent. How are you guys going? Good? Give someone a big smile, come on, someone next to you. Just look at them and smile to them. Oh, tell them how good looking they are. It's amazing. Hey, all right. <laughs> okay, wonderful. I hope you guys are enjoying the time that we spent together tonight. It's Emmanuel's birthday, so we're going to sing happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I don't know what key is. Happy birthday to Emmanuel. Happy birthday to you. Yay! <laughs> we can do it whole night, yeah. Anyone say you guys got your birthday this week? Anyone else? Or next week? <laughs> or the following week? <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah, Caleb will have a birthday. We'll be singing for you next time. All right. Okay. <laughs> hey, I like it. I like it very much that we can just be spontaneous, you know. I think it's wonderful to be here in the house of God. And um, I, d I know that we come from different places in our lives, but the great things about the church of God is that we fit right back into, you know, the family and the spiritual family. And I don't know about you, but I, I feel that we belong, hey. And I really hope that after the service, we don't just go home straight away, but I really hope that you spend maybe another five or ten minutes talking to someone you never met before, you know, and pray for one another. I just really think that, you know, this is a place maybe once a week that you can get the encouragement. And I think we're here for one another, okay? We're here for one another. And I just really want to say this, that, you know, God loves you guys. God loves all of us. And He has such a great plan and purpose for all of us. And that's the reason why you're here tonight. You're not here by coincidence. You're not here by any accident or whatever it is. God has planned this. It's a setup. God has set all this up for you to be here tonight so that he can speak to you. He can in encourage you. He can really come and, and bring the word, his word into your heart today. So, you know, I just want to really honor God in this place that he's doing amazing things. It's not about any man's work. It's not about my word. It's the word of God. It's the, the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? So I want you guys to encourage the person next to you one more time. Tell them, listen to the word of God tonight. All right. And it's okay to say amen in church, guys. You know, so I really hope that you guys can really get into the word of God. All right. Can you guys 
um, bring up your Bible, just bring it up. And, um, you know, we do encourage everyone to bring along the Word of God. I don't care if it's in digital format or hard print or whatever it is, as long as you have the Bible with you. I just want us to take some time to learn the Word of God together. You know, we, we have a lot of young people in this place, but I really believe very much that, you know, this is something that we do as a church is to really instill the value of the Word of God in our lives. You know, I remember that my spiritual mentor, the first spiritual mentor that I had, he actually one day when I went to church, he bought me a Bible cover. And I was like, what am I going to do with this? Just a Bible cover. And he says this, that, you know, I bought this for you so that you can save up and buy your own Bible. And that moment I learned one value in Christian life is that I have to value the Word of God so much so that I spare my savings to actually buy. So I bought the Bible and I still kept that Bible until today. And I just want to really ask all of us here to honor the Word of God, to really take a moment like this to dig deeper into the Word. And I'm telling you, you will never regret. You will never regret. One day you will thank God for the opportunity that you have to learn and study the Word of God together. Amen, church? Come on, it's okay to say amen. 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 All right, so tonight we're looking at overcoming discouragement. Anyone here, this week, you have been discouraged at one point in time, this week? Okay, all right. Okay, well, that's good, about 75%. Excellent. For those who haven't been discouraged, it's fantastic. Watch out next week. Just kidding. <laughs> You know what, discouragement is a part of life. We get disappointed, we get discouraged, you know, many times. And, and you guys know that, you know, you have siblings and, you know, you have people that you love, you spend time together. Sometimes they annoy us, don't you think? No. Oh, wow. You guys are wonderful. You know, we have people that we love, but sometimes a lot of things in our lives can really discourage us. So discouragement is a part of our lives. But I believe very much that the Word of God has offered us solution to this. You know, we can get discouraged, but we don't have to stay discouraged. Amen? We don't have to stay discouraged. So tonight, um, I want to share from the Word of God with you guys, all right? Now, the dictionary defines the word discouraged as to deprive of courage, to deter, to dishearten, to hinder. So that's the definition of the word discouragement. Now, if you study the Word of God in the New Testament, particularly, there's only one time that this word is being used. But this word also um, uh, is referred to another word, a few other words in the New Testament. For example, faint or lose heart. For example, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since through God's mercy, we have this ministry, we do not lose heart. So the word lose heart right there, the Apostle, Apostle Paul used that. And he's saying that, you know, in ministry that God has given to us, you know, this is great ministry. So we shouldn't lose heart. So do not lose heart. And the same chapter in Second Corinthians 4.16. Okay, I love this. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Say with me, lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away. Yet, inwardly, we are being renewed day by day. Okay, I don't know about you, but sometimes when I look at myself in the mirror, it's like, oh, my goodness. Yesterday, I actually plucked about three gray hair. You know, like, whoa, my goodness, I never realized before. Lisa always said, you got a lot of gray hair. I've never seen that before. Maybe because I dyed my hair a lot. But, 
you know. Sometimes we look at ourselves in the, in the mirrors and then it's like, whoa, my goodness, that cream did not really work for me. <laughs> oh, see how old I look today. You know, sometimes we look at ourselves, we get discouraged. Maybe this is not about you guys. I mean, this is not you, right? You don't feel discouraged when you see yourself. Yeah, hello, Mr. Handsome. Hello, Miss Pretty. You say to yourself all the time when you look at the mirror. Anyway, but you know what? The Bible says that even outwardly, we are, we are fading away, but inwardly we're renewed. So do not lose heart. The scripture said gray hair is the glory, okay? Like it's shining away, telling you how clever, how smart you are for all these years that you've been living on this earth. Anyway, so the word of God says that do not get discouraged. Don't lose heart for the certain things in our lives. You know, we all can lose hope at times. Amen. We can lose heart. We get discouraged at times, even when we are doing the work of God. Like some of you guys here, you're here today. I congratulate you because some of you guys, maybe today you feel like, oh, I didn't want to go to church. <laughs> so you were discouraged by whatever it is not to come to church, but you're here today. Come on, give yourself a big hand. Yay. You know, we, we can get discouraged when we are doing the work of God. So when you're doing the great thing for the Lord, don't be surprised that sometimes you can get discouraged. Or oh, people don't appreciate me in my ministry. You know, we feel that at times. But I just want to think that God has an answer for us when that feeling comes in that we can really deal with it. All right, guys, even nations can lose heart. So tonight, I want to bring you guys back to the Old Testament. Last week, I was talking about, um, you know, uh, fear, right? And I referred back to the Old Testament of Joshua and Caleb. You guys remember that? And today, you guys ready to go back to the Old Testament again? Sometimes we don't really study a lot um, the Old Testament. So tonight, I want to talk about this guy by the name Nehemiah. Say with me, Nehemiah. All right, some of you guys have read the book Nehemiah before. If you guys haven't, this is one of the, well, I would say most uh, powerful book that has a lot of lesson on leadership. All right, guys? So I want you guys to take a look at the screen. I want to give you a bit of a recap of the story of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah. Nehemiah finds out through a messenger that his homeland is in ruins. Huh? Hundreds of years earlier, the Babylonians destroyed the city of Jerusalem. They tore down the temple and walls that protected the city and dragged the people away into captivity. Years went by with the Babylonians in charge until a powerful king in Persia named Cyrus attacked and defeated the Babylonians. As a result, Cyrus allowed the people of Israel to go back and rebuild their temple. Unfortunately, the Israelites once again turned their back and sinned against God. Meanwhile, King Cyrus dies and a new king is put into power. This new king boldly proclaims that there will never be a wall built around the city of Jerusalem again. It appears the Israelites have missed their window of opportunity. Nehemiah is the cupbearer to this king. Cupbearer meaning prime minister, bodyguard, and second in command. Nehemiah hears of his people's plight and his heart breaks. So he takes a risk and asks the king if he can go back and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. The hand of God was upon Nehemiah. 
So the king granted his request. And after five months, Nehemiah travels to Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. When he gets there, he surveys the situation for three days and then makes a speech to the people of Jerusalem. Okay, so that's a story. So now basically, um, for about 70 years that the nation of Israelites were in um, captivity um, by the Babylonian kingdom. And now what you guys just saw is the introduction of this guy, Nehemiah. He was a cupbearer. He was really close with the king. And one day, you know, when he learned about the news of the people of the Israelites, they were um, basically sad because the walls of Jerusalem, the wall of the city of God was burned and destroyed. So he got this desire and passion to go back and rebuild the walls. Guys, when we, when we look at why he had to do that, walls represent protection, security, and dignity. And Nehemiah, just a cupbearer, he wasn't an engineer. <laughs> Think about that. But he got this desire that he wanted to go back and do what God asked of him to do. So he went to the king. You know, he asked the king for permission. And God granted him um, basically the favor in the eyes of the king. So that he went back and he began the rebuilding of the walls. And while he was doing that, he faced opposition. It wasn't easy, a lot of resistance. So tonight we're going to be looking at that, you know, but he managed to finish the whole project within 52 days. That's a lot of, a lot of work, but within perhaps about less than just two months. It's what incredible work because basically when you read the Old Testament, you probably come across another book and it is Ezra. You guys have heard this book before in the Old Testament, Ezra. In the old manuscript, the book of Nehemiah and the book of Ezra, they were together. Not, until rec um, not, not recently, but uh, later on that they actually decided to have these two books separately. So Nehemiah and Ezra, Ezra is a priest. So Ezra also had a part to play, uh, to play in rebuilding the spiritual security for the nation as well. So there's so much to talk about. But tonight, I really want to focus on this guy by the name of Nehemiah. You know, like I said before, that now Nehemiah was basically receiving the, 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 the mandate from God to go back to uh, Jerusalem to rebuild the wall. So he was on the way now to the city. And now he was basically, um, you know, did all the research and whatever things that's necessary in rebuilding the wall. He gathered the people to do the walls. So now I want you guys to turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. Now, Nehemiah chapter 4, just turn to Nehemiah chapter 4. Up until this point, guys, basically the project was halfway through. So probably about a month, okay, into the whole project. So Nehemiah and the people, they had been spending time rebuilding the wall halfway through. Now, in this chapter in particular, they are facing opposition and resistance from the enemy. When you think about this, Israelites, you know, the nation of God, but because they were disobedient to God, and then they lost, you know, their identity as a nation. And now the, the, the walls was burned um, and destroyed, of course, that the neighbors would not want them to actually rebuild the walls because they are easy target. 
because they were afraid that one day this nation again will rise up in power and become their great enemy. So a lot of people did not want that to happen. So they were facing opposition. Now, why I'm telling you this, because, you know, I know that all of us here, we've been trying to do a lot of good things. And at times, you could not see that happen and you get discouraged. Or maybe you're trying to do certain things, you think this is good. And then it did not turn out in the way you expected and you are discouraged. So tonight, I really hope that the word of God will come to us and encourage all of us that God is on our side when you are following his mandate. If God has given you a dream to do something in your life, it's not going to happen just like that because there's always a test. There's always a difficulty and there's always a resistance when you want to do something for the Lord. And I just believe very much that God is using all of this hard time, difficulty to teach us so that we can become stronger. So now when we are discouraged, not if, but when we are discouraged, we need to learn how to battle with that. So I want you guys to turn Nehemiah chapter 4. Okay, are you there yet? Okay, I'm going to be reading from verse 4 to 14, just to give you a bit of context. And I got it up on the screen as well. All right, guys. Nehemiah 4, 4 to 14. Hear us, O our God, for we are the spies. Turn the insult back on their own head. Give them over as plunder in the land of captivity. This is a prayer of Nehemiah. Do not cover up their guilt or blot out their sin from your sight, for they have thrown insult in the face of the builders. So we rebuild the wall till all of it reach half its height, for the people work with all their hearts. In verse 7, but when, okay, look at this name, these are the bad guys, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Arab, and the Ammonites, and the men of Ashdod heard that the repairs to the Jerusalem's wall had gone ahead and that the gaps were being closed. They were very angry, so they were not happy with this whole project. In verse 8, they all plotted together to come and fight against Jerusalem and stir up trouble against it. But, but we prayed to our God and posted a guard day and night to meet this threat. Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, the strength of the labors in giving out, and there is no much, sorry, and there is so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall. Also, our enemies said, before they know it or see us, we will be right there among them and kill them and put an end to the work. Whoa. In verse 12, then the Jews who lived near them came and told us 10 times over, wherever you turn, they will attack us. Therefore, I stationed some of the people behind the lowest points of the wall at the exposed places, posting them by families with the swords, spears, and um, bows. After I looked things over, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your homes. Okay, let us pray. Father, I thank you so much for tonight. I pray, oh God, right now that the Holy Spirit will have our all attention, that the Holy Spirit speak your truth into our lives and change us from the inside out. 
all scripture is God's breath and is useful for teaching, training, correcting, and rebuking your people in your righteousness, so that every man and woman of God may be thoroughly equipped. The world will pass away, but the word will remain forever. We commit our lives to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a situation that we see right here, okay? Now, the first thing, when we are discouraged, the first thing that we need to know is the source of that discouragement. So we, learn, we need to learn to recognize, to recognize the discouragement, where it, where it comes from, right? Now, I want to show from the passage together. If you guys want to look at the Bible at the same time, when I'm actually preaching, it would be great because you will see the truth of God. All right. Now, the Word of God shared with us, there are four factors. Can you say it with me? Four. There are four factors that lead many of us at times to discouragement. And same thing with Nehemiah. The first factor is fatigue. Okay. Say fatigue. Anyone see you guys are tired? All right. A lot of you guys are tired. Guess what? Fatigue or tiredness can be one of the sources that leads you to discouragement. In verse 10 of this chapter, it said this, Meanwhile, the people in Judah, the people in Judah mean the Jewish or the Israelites. So it's actually Nehemiah's people. You know, it's not the enemy, but this is God's people. The people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out. They've been working for the past month, nearly 30 days, nonstop. They've been trying to build this wall. Of course, they were tired. They were tired. And they were like, oh, my goodness, I don't have any more strength to do all of this. So they were worn out. They were tired. And I'm not saying this is wrong because this is really legitimate reason. Because sometimes we can be physically tired, you know, when you are playing video games all day night. Or day or night, or you are doing a lot. Just kidding. Maybe you're really working hard. I'm not saying you're doing always a bad thing, but you know, like when maybe maybe you're working really hard and you get so tired, you didn't sleep much because you crammed your assignments, or maybe you are doing different things. All right, so fatigue sets in. Now, this guy by the name Vince um, Lombardi, he said this: fatigue makes uh, cowards of us all. I don't know about you, but I've seen a lot of people when they're really tired, the true color com comes out. And you really see the person, the real self, when you are really tired. So if you are tired physically today, maybe the first thing you should do is to rest. To rest. Simply as that, just to find time to rest. You know, I know some of us here, we stay up all day and all night, and we're trying to catch up with rest. That's not going to work because you have to bring it back to the lifestyle. Okay, so fatigue or tiredness can be the cause of discouragement. How many times we know that you are very vulnerable to discouragement when you are physically tired? I don't see you guys experience that before, that you're really tired and you get mad really easily. So watch out for that. You know, learn to pace yourself. Your life is not a sprint, it's a marathon, right? So you've got to run in the way that you are able to go for the longevity, amen? So that's the first cause of discouragement, fatigue. The second factor that we see here from the word of God in verse 10 as well is frustration. Say with me, frustration. The Bible says this, that, you know, the strength of the labor is giving out. Listen to this, there is so much.
much trouble. There's so much theft, rubbish. Now, you think about this. The Bible says is that the walls of Jerusalem, they will burn down to the ground. Anyone see you guys been to the construction site when they demolish the buildings and things? You see the pile of rubbish that needs to be cleared out first before they can dig into the foundation. Okay? You guys know about, um, you know, the disasters that happened last year in the Philippines? Yes, the typhoon that hit. Or a few years ago, you know, um, basically uh, some of my family, they live in Thailand. And when the tsunami actually hit Phuket and the south part of Thailand, man, it took them at least two years, at least two years just to clear everything up and began to actually, uh, you know, start the rebuilding of different things, of the buildings and things, two years. And even for um, our flood as well, I think back in 2011, when we had the flood in Queensland, you know what, that caused a lot of damage and all that. So you think about it. Everywhere that they go, rubbish. Everywhere that they go, another day, they have to take the rubbish out. Oh, when this going to end? They have spent about a month cleaning up. Think about your room for a sec. How long does it take for you to clean up your room? Forever. I'm kidding. <laughs> now we're talking about the entire world, guys. So they've been really frustrated because, I don't know about you, anyone see you guys take about a week to clean up the room? Oh, how I thought I cleaned that place, but this morning when I got up, man, still lying on the ground, whatever. You know, like, sometimes we get really frustrated because we... We can't really see when this is going to be done. So watch out for that. Because frustration is not a bad, bad thing all the time. Because it can actually, it's like a wake-up call as well. You know, sometimes we get frustrated. i got to do something. i got to do something. Right? But many times frustration can cause us to be discouraged. So, you know, this happened. Anyone see you guys have been burnt out? You guys know the word burnt out? Yeah, some of you guys have been burnt out. Sometimes we think that burnt, being burnt out is about working really, really hard, working too hard. Hey, but I've seen so many people, they work really hard, but they have the joy. They have the excitement. They have the passion. They love what they're doing. They smile all the time. So actually, being burnt out is not about you working too hard. But maybe you're working, you know, at the wrong thing or maybe by the wrong way, a wrong approach. Some of you guys here, you think that, oh, man, I study so hard. I study for the exam, and I just feel like I can't really do it effectively. Maybe it's not about study hard. Perhaps it's about study smart. So you've got to look at how you've been doing things in life. Because at times, it's about effectiveness of things, not just the amount of time you're putting to it. You get where I'm coming from? I think we should have a study seminar somehow. Yeah? I think we should really help one another out because I don't want you guys to, you know, study so much and then you find out that, man, I could have done um, a lot better within a shorter period of time. How can I say this? I used to be a lecturer. I used to talk a lot about studying smart because it's not really about you studying all day, all night and thinking that, okay, I'm going to get better grade. But sometimes you can spend less time, achieve a lot more. So it's about applying wisdom. And the Bible said you can ask God for the wisdom and he will give generously to us as well. Okay? Now the third factor. Are you guys still here with me? You guys learning something today? Hey? The third factor that we see from the word of God here tonight. In verse 10, it said this. The strength of the laborers is giving out and there is so much rubble uh, that we cannot rebuild the wall. 
Okay, we cannot rebuild the wall. What were they doing? They were rebuilding the wall, but they were saying to themselves that we cannot build it. We fail. Have they failed yet? No. But the inner voice telling them because they were frustrated, they were fatigued, and all that stuff. And then they said to themselves, "We cannot rebuild this. They have not failed yet at this point in time. But the sense of failure sometimes can really make us feel like we cannot move on. We are discouraged right now. They were tired, fed up with the setup. You know, we cannot do this." Oh, it takes forever, you know. The sense of failure sometimes can really affect us this way. Now listen to this, guys. Negative talk can really bring discouragement into our lives. How many times that one of your good friends, perhaps, maybe carelessly speak certain things? Maybe quite negative over your life, and it hurts you so much, and it discourages you to the point that you know that this is not right, this is not true about myself, but I feel so terrible. And that's what negative talk can really affect us, guys. You know, sometimes when we are in a very, um, I think, critical or crucial moment of our lives, what we want to hear is a positive word. Hey, you can do it. Hey, come on, we can do this together. Not like, oh, poor thing, we gonna die. When this gonna be happening? You know, sometimes we sow the seed for the enemy into our lives by speaking negatively. But the word of God said that you gotta think positive. You got to speak positive because there's a power in your word. And I've seen this many times that Christian, we are struggling with our Lives, and that because we think negatively, and that because someone speak negatively over our lives, it's really sad, you know. And I pray that in the community of a blaze, that we will choose to speak positively over one another, that we are able to encourage and edify one another. Not not that you lie, but you see the potential. You speak possibility. You speak potential into someone's life, guys. Why? Because that's how God feels. You think you're a failure? God said, "Get up and do it again." The Bible said, "A righteous man falls seven times, get up seven times." And it was seven in Bible means perfection, mean indefinite. That you have a second chance, you have a third chance, you have a thousand chances. But let us do it in the way that we believe in God. It is possible. Can you say with me? It's possible. Hey, this is not a motivational talk. It is possible because God can help us. Everything is about God, and God will help us. You know what? One thing that I have learned in ministry over the years that the easiest and most easy way the enemy often uses to destroy unity in the church is through negative talk, gossiping, back chat about each other, complaint against leaders, and slander against authority. Now, guys. I don't have time to talk much about this, but I've seen this again and again that the enemy use ordinary people, Christian, but they spin the whole church by using the negative words, gossiping, and all that. And I pray that this will not be the case for us and for the house of God. 
that we choose to think positively and choose to love and honor one another. Why I say it's easiest? Because you don't have to do much. You just talk. Spread the word. It's the truth. Yeah, have you heard about this? Oh, man, I just heard. Oh, yeah, da, 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 da. You just keep talking casually. But guess what? That is the most severe way to damage the unity in the church. In James chapter 3, verse 6, says this, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire. Listen to this. And is itself set on fire by hell. This is not my word. This is the word of God. That what shall our tongue, what shall our words? Think twice before you say anything to someone. If it's going to hurt the person, maybe don't. You know, so think about that. 1 Timothy 5, 13 to 15. Besides, they get into the habit of being idle and going about from house to house. And not only do they become idlers, but also busybodies and who talk nonsense, saying things they ought not to. So I counsel younger widows to marry and have to have children to manage their homes and to give the enemy no opportunity for slander. Some have, in fact, already turned away to follow Satan. So this is the time the Apostle Paul said this to the church, you know, instructed Timothy that there were people, there were women, you know, widows, who they were just doing nothing, they were busy bodies, but they chose to actually slander others, and some of them, they fall away and they follow Satan. It was one of the severe cases that we've seen as well in the Bible itself. The negative talk can be like a virus, you know, that spreads through the whole community. So now, what we see here is this, that they have not failed yet. They were just halfway through. Anyone here, you guys know that when you've been doing a great work, the most challenging, the most challenging uh, time or, 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 or the place that, that normally we are at is a halfway. Because that's when you're going to go on or you're going to give up. You know what I'm talking about? I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel that I myself, when I started something, I failed to actually finish it. Guilty. You know, I'm guilty of that. Oh, I like to do this, so I try to do it. And I can do it for a while, and it's just, oh, maybe this is not, you know. So I gave up. You know what? Let us keep going with the work of God. Let us not just settle for just halfway through, but give God all the way. So that's the third factor. You guys still here? Yeah? The last one is fear. Okay, the last factor. So we talk about fatigue, frustration, failure, and fear. I talked much about this last week already. So Nehemiah 4, 11 to 12 said this. Also our enemies, before they know it and see us, we will be right there among them and will kill them and put an end to the work. So basically they're saying the enemy will come. They will not allow us to build the wall, guys. And they will kill us. <gasps> so fear was put into their heart. And listen to this. Then the Jews who lived near them came and told us ten times over. If you have a friend who in the same project as you, maybe you do an assignment, and a friend, every time you guys turn up for a discussion for assignment, you say like, we're going to fail. We're going to fail. We're going to get zero. We're just going to get gonna, gonna ten times. Then the Jews come back and say, they're going to kill us. They 
going to come at night and try to stab us. Ah! You know what? The enemy uses it all the time. That when we basically feel that, wow, this is so much work. And sometimes, you know, I'm not, I'm not talking that we will not have threat. Sometimes threat can be quite legitimate. But we should not face that and say, well, we're going to die. Why go on? So I pray that the courage will rise up in our heart. You know, I think I said this before that fear can help us, uh, sorry, can cause us to lose a perspective. And just like with the video we just watched, right? You know, a leaf kind of falling down. And it's like, oh, this is so big. And we're going to be dead and everything like that. But in reality, it's, not, it's nothing. And God will help to navigate us through. Amen? So you've got to recognize the cause of your discouragement. I want you to think for a moment today. If you're feeling a bit discouraged, is that because you've been tired, fatigued? You've been frustrated with something in your life? Or maybe you have some failures you have to deal with. Or perhaps today you've been feeling that, well, man, I'm, I'm still fearful to certain things. Think about that. Recognizing the cause of that discouragement is the first thing. Now, <laughs> I wouldn't want to leave you guys with this. I want to tell you how to overcome the discouragement. So quickly, how can we respond to this based on the word of God? So I want to share with you from this passage as well. I'll respond to discouragement from the life of Nehemiah. Number, number one that we can do, we've got to learn to look up. Say with me, look up. Look up for a moment. Look up. Look up the action. Look up the life. <laughs> Look up. It means what? Crying out to God. In verse 5 and 9, we learn from the life of Nehemiah. The first response, he did not go and talk to anyone about how he feels. But he went to God and he prayed to God, guys. Hear us, O Lord, for we are despised. Turn the insult back on their head. And he kept praying to God. He kept asking God, crying out to God. Hey, you know what? This should be the first thing that we do when we face discouragement. But often, this, was, this is the last thing that we do. You know, often we say this, oh, I've done all the best I can. Now we have to pray. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Many times, oh, we've done the best we can, and now we have to pray. Guys, reverse it. Look up when you feel discouragement. When you feel the sense of discouragement in your life, learn to pray unto God. You know, I used to feel that I can't complain about things to God because <laughs> that's not a good thing. But guess what? Hey, God can hear our complaint. And that should be, God should be the first person, you know, who hears our complaint, not anybody else. Can I share with you from the life of King David, one of the greatest guys in the Bible too? Psalm 13, listen to this. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your faith from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord, my God, give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foe will rejoice when I fall. But, there's a turning point. But 
I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. When you read this, King David complained totally to the Lord. He complained. He didn't just sort of, God, God, I care what's in this. It's me. Oh, how I feel bad. But anyway, uh, I think I'm better now. Or, you know, uh, maybe I should not pray this to you because it's not good. It's negative. I should pray something about good things. You know, sometimes we come to God with that mentality that God doesn't know our past. Guess what? He knows all the junk inside. He knows all the anger. The good thing is that we can actually go to him and say that all of that. If you read the book of Psalms, you will know that King David did that quite often. But you will find that at the end of his prayer, he always turned back to God with the right perspective. It's just like this when you come to worship. You know, sometimes you have a lot of bad thoughts, a lot of bad things in your mind. And then once it's like you just start keep singing, you know, um, unto God, you know, I am yours and you are mine. And all of a sudden, there's a sense of peace rests on you. And, and God begins to lift up your perspective and put it right back into him. Anyone here experienced that before? That after worship, you walk out from the place and you feel like, wow. I think that my perspective has been changed. That happened to me many, many times. So the first thing, when you're feeling discouraged, look up, look up, pour my heart unto him. You know what? Jesus himself, he also encourages us to always pray and not lose heart. In Luke 18, 1, says this, that then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. Guys, anyone here, you guys experience like when you pray to God, you keep praying and you feel like, oh, I shouldn't be praying anymore because it's not happening. This is an encouragement to you tonight. Jesus said that always pray and don't give up. And not give up. So that's the first thing that we do. The second thing that we can do also when we are discouraged is to look ahead. Say with me, look ahead. Continue the work God has been gi- uh, God has given to you to do. Nehemiah said this: "So rebuild the walls to all of it, reach half its uh, its height, for the people work with all their heart." You know, Nehemiah knew there was, a pro- there was a problem. There's a lot of problems actually, but he did not let the problem deter him from what God called him to do. You know. What are we prone to do when we get discouraged, guys? When you're feeling discouraged, what, 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 what are you prone to do? Quit. Am I the only one who feels that sometimes? When things get really tough, what you want to do? Give up. That's what we do. We feel like giving up. And I feel that many times in my life. But God's saying that look ahead. Say something that I have for you. You know, Satan knows that if he can demoralize us and neutralize us through discouragement, he can stop the work of God in our life. So don't just settle when you feel like, I want to give up. You know, our focus should be on the main thing. So major on the major. Lisa has been encouraging me for the past few weeks. Don't look at small things. Don't sweat small stuff. Look at the major thing and focus on the goal that God has. 
you know, what I like to do is just to look ahead and see what God has for us, what God has for my life. You know what? In Nehemiah chapter 6 later, the bad guy Sanballat tried to detract, distract him from building the walls. He was trying to get him to come down from building the walls. This is chapter 6. Listen to this. Nehemiah 6, 3 to 4. So I sent the messengers to them with a the reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same answer. You know, discouragement can come and attack you, not just once, but again and again, again and again. So you've got to learn to say this to yourself, I am doing good work. I am doing good work. Can you say that to yourself today? I am doing good work. I am doing good work. You know what? In my life, I learned this. Listen to this. This is, this is something that I learned over the years. The time, you feel, the time you feel like you're doing it the least is the time you need to do it the most. Okay. The time you feel like you're doing it, you want to do it, you know, the least is the time you need to do it the most. Like exercise. <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about? Oh, you know, I don't want to go to gym. Hey, but yesterday I went to gym. Hallelujah. You know, some of us here, we've been struggling with that sometimes. Like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to study. I don't want to do all of this. But that should be the time you have to really gird up your courage and say, hey, I'm just going to give it my best shot and keep going with it. Look ahead, guys. There's a lot of great things God wants to do in us. First Samuel 30 verse 6 says this, David was greatly distressed. For the people um, spoke of, not said, spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people um, was grieved, every man for his son and his daughter. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. At time, we have to learn to speak encouragement into our heart and say, hey, you can do it. Galatians 6, 9, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap the harvest when we do not give up. Second Thessalonians 3.13 says this, and as for you brothers, never tired of doing what is right. So God is wanting to say to us today, guys, ablaze, do not give up. Do not give up. Do not give up. There's a lot of great things that God wants to do in and through us. And I want to speak this scripture over your life today. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Being confident of this. Can we read this together? One, two, three. Being confident of this, come on, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And I speak this. If today you're sitting here, you're feeling that God has rescued you, he has saved you, he has turned your life around. Let me tell you that the best is yet to come. And he's going to take you to the, the day that you will see the fullness of Christ in you. And I pray that over your life in the name of Jesus. Amen? The, um, the, the next thing. So we look up, we look ahead, and now we're going to look down. What do I mean? Look down is concentrate on the big picture. Okay. Nehemiah continued to say that. Because, guys, when, when they rebuild the walls, look at me, when they rebuild the walls, they have people basically standing in different sections of the wall. So different family, different people will work on this post, that post. So basically they look at, they, they have the gap between the posts, you know what I mean? 
and some family might work so well, some family might not be doing that well. But the thing here is that they were discouraged because they were so focused on their work. They don't see the big picture of what's happening. So what Nehemiah did, he actually commanded people to go to different parts of the wall so that they can see the overall picture of the whole wall. And now he basically got up to the place and he said, guys, what we're doing today is that we are rebuilding the wall and it's not just about your section, not about this section, not about that section, but every one of us, we are doing a great thing together. You are responsible for a small part, for a big part. It doesn't matter. But the most important thing is that we're building the whole wall together. When you look down, when you see, wow, oh God, what you're doing? You know, one day I believe that when we see our life, if you're discouraged today, maybe things will feel bad. Let me tell you this, you're not going to feel like this forever. Because if you look at your life from God's perspective, He's going to take you to the place that you should be. So don't just dwell on the place that you feel like, I'm such a terrible person. Look ahead and look up, try to see the grand picture that God has for your life. Because it's not your lowest point. God has the best for your life. So look down, concentrate on the big picture. Here Nehemiah asked the family to work together, to station them and really work together. And this is what I want to see in our church, that we together, we work, we serve God together. It's not just about I do my thing. I don't want to go to the church that people just come and sit back and relax and enjoy and then go home. I want to see the family of God being built up, that we here can really have church beyond just Friday night. You guys know that church should be seven days a week. Your relationship with one another should not stop after you leave this place. I want to see us to continue to encourage one another throughout the week. That we are able to be a blessing to one another beyond just Friday night or life group. We can do this together, guys. We can see the community of God living out the love and the care and concern in the way that we know that we are living out the light of Jesus Christ. You know, I really believe very much that God wants us to have the sight, the overall perspective. And discouragement often comes when we lose sight of God's purposes and get out of perspective. Last but not least, we look up, we look ahead, we look down. Now we're going to learn to look around. We're going to learn to carry somebody else's burden. What we see right here, when you read further in this book of Nehemiah, different families, they carry different burdens and tasks and responsibilities. The Bible says some of them, they even, you know, sacrifice or volunteer themselves to go and help one another out. In order to see the whole building, oh sorry, the whole wall is being completed. The thing here is that when you're discouraged, what you normally do, we tend to actually look inwardly. And we tend to have our self-pity party going, thinking that this is me, I, and myself, and that's it. But the word of God saying to us that if you want to be encouraged, you've got to soul search. You've got to 
go out and encourage others. You know what? All of us here, regardless of where you're at today in your life, discouraged or not, you have something to offer. And the antidote for discouragement is to look out of what you can do for others and do it. How many, how many of you guys, you guys experience this, but when you feel like you are so discouraged, but you chose to go out and you chose to actually do something for someone and you feel good after that, like helping the poor, like helping someone in need. I have experienced this many times. Proverbs 11.25 says this, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others, they themselves will be refreshed. Another translation is that those who encourage others, they themselves will be encouraged. So today, if you feel a bit discouraged, what I'd like you to do today and maybe the next week in your bulletin, I gave you this um, piece of paper right here. What I'd like you to do is just, I want you to think of someone that you want to encourage. I want you to write something to encourage the person. So you don't have to do it now. You can do it when you go home. Or next week, you can do that by just taking time to write something. If you want to do it later tonight, it will be great. You know what? You, you can't just love people by just saying it. You've got to do it in action, right? So this will be a great thing for us to do, that we can encourage one another. So the band's going to come up, and I'm just going to close off by reading this passage to you guys. This is one of the greatest promise that God has for us. And I want you guys to, to write this scripture today in your Bible or in your notebook. If you're feeling discouraged, this is the promise of the Almighty God. In Isaiah 15, 57 verse 15. This is the word of the Lord. He says this, For this is what the high and exalted one say. So this is what God says. The one who rules forever, whose name is holy, I dwell in an exalted and holy place, but also with the discouraged and humiliated, in order to cheer up the humiliated and to encourage the discouraged. If today you're feeling like you are humiliated, you are discouraged, you know, we have the God. Think about it. The passage he said this, that God dwells in heaven. He's everywhere, but he dwells in heaven. But he said that heaven up there is not the only place that he stays. Wherever he stays, he actually, you know, he's with those who are discouraged. Think about that. Every time when you're feeling low, you're feeling like, God, I don't know what to do. I feel so discouraged. God is near. God is not far away. And He's here tonight. You know, we're going through this series, Overcome. And I pray that I will, you know, I pray that we all here will be given with tools. That when we go out to do our weekly things, our routines in life, that we know one thing is this, that we have the Almighty God who is with us. And we have the Word of God that we can really apply in our life. I don't know how, um, what sort of situation and uh, circumstance you're in, 
But I know one thing is this, that my God and your God is bigger than those. So what I'd like to do right now is to get you guys to stand up for a moment. And as we close off this service tonight, why don't we just turn to Jesus one more time? And maybe tonight you're feeling a little bit low or maybe tired or, you know, I just pray that God will refresh you, that he will just really touch your heart tonight. We're going to worship God once more and turn our eyes to Jesus tonight, church. Come on, let's worship Him. Thank you, Lord.